We're excited to have with us here today Bindu Kujo. Bindu, thank you very much for joining me on the show. And uh, we have an entire audience that is very excited to hear from you. Uh, they, a lot of them thank see you, you live, a lot of events, a lot of them on LinkedIn. And now they're like, okay, we get to learn more about Bindu. So <laughs> the excitement oh. has been building up. Well, thank you, Gary. I'm super happy to be here with you on this and uh, to get to chat with you. You're one of my more favorite people to talk to. So this is great. See, win-win all around. Uh, well, listen, Absolutely. let's start with a little bit about, like I said, uh, people have heard a lot about you and seen you speak, etc. But some of them may want to know a bit more about Bindu. So tell us a bit more about Bindu Kujo, uh, sort of your upbringing and uh, sort of the, the, the nutshell version of how you got here today. Okay, uh, so uh, it started a number of years ago in a small town in British Columbia. Uh, so that's where I was born. My dad uh, worked in coal mining, and so that's where we lived. Uh, at four, we moved to Cal. When I was four, we moved to Calgary, uh, and uh, that's where I grew up. So I did all of my schooling there, including my undergrad. I did a Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Calgary. I'm a proud alum. Uh, and Calgary was a great place to grow up and live, and you're close to the mountains, and it's a beautiful city and really nice people. Um, but when I finished that, I thought, you know, I should come check out the center of the universe. So I decided I would uh, move to Toronto or, well, I hoped to move to Toronto. I applied to law school and I, and I did manage to get in. So I moved myself uh, in 1996, I guess, to Toronto. And I've been paying higher taxes in Ontario ever since. Uh, so I went to the University of Toronto Law School. It's also where I've met uh, some of my best friends, uh, including my husband. And so we met in law school and uh, we decided to sort of start our careers in Toronto. Um, I started at what was then Borden and Elliott, now Borden Ladner Gervais, and spent a number of years there, both articling and then um, in practice as a young associate, uh, had my first child and uh, then decided to make a move. So I moved over to what was then Macmillan Binch Mendelssohn, uh, which is now Macmillan, and then spent another seven years there uh, where I had two more kids, uh, made partner, and then I kind of got to what felt like the top of the law firm uh, chain and wondered if there was something else out there. So I decided to make a move uh, and explore opportunities with bank, a bank, because I had, um, through my entire career, I'd been a secured lending lawyer and in financial services and had always worked with banks. Um, so I thought, well, maybe let's see what it's like on the inside. But I always have a plan B when I do things. And my plan B was that if I was not very good as an in-house lawyer, I would, you know, photocopy the employee directory and go back to private practice. But uh, fortunately for me and the photocopier, it seems to have stuck. So uh, it's been about 10 years that I've been in-house. I initially moved and joined Bank of Montreal. Um, I'd heard about this new GC that they had and that he was really doing things differently. And so it was very exciting to kind of join. I joined a senior council, um, loved the opportunity to go deep with my clients, which I then soon became started to call my my colleagues um, and to really learn about um, not only only solving the legal problem, but also looking to see like where their systems problems or or an opportunity to fix a process or to do things. And so that kind of holistic view of what I could help my colleagues do really inspired me. And I think was kind of the foundation for 
where I moved from role to role. Uh, so I had a number of different roles when I was at BMO, uh, including to be the chief administrative officer, which was really quite a privilege. I got to work very closely with the general counsel, sort of as his uh, right hand, uh, and covered a variety of things that were outside of the law. So all kinds of new learnings, a little scary, because, uh, you know, I don't really keep a budget at home. And suddenly I was responsible for the budget for the entire group. But figured it out. Um, thank goodness I had great colleagues to help me along the way. And so my accountabilities in that role, um, which were so different than what I had done for, you know, sort of 15 years at that point uh, of being a lawyer and, and, you know, documenting lending transactions, I suddenly was responsible for um, communications and events and uh, the finances and the real estate and a lot of human resource processes and the external council management program. And I think that's how you and I met, Gary, uh, because I had heard about interesting things that you were doing with Alexa and um, and that you're really into legal, you know, sort of innovation and technology. And so we got connected somehow and, and that's how we met. And it was through that external council management uh, leadership role that I had where we were working with law firms to, you know, uh, sort of arrange the relationship that we had with them as a client and, and law firms and put together an overall program. But we were also driving a lot of change around innovation and technology. Um, so that was exciting. And then later I had another role uh, as a VP at BMO where I was leading the knowledge management function. So I was a chief knowledge officer, again, leaning more into technology and how we could innovate our practice, uh, as well as uh, I had the privilege to lead the legal team that does technology and operations. And again, an area of law that I knew nothing about, but fortunately I have great colleagues who do. And uh, it was it was quite it was quite an amazing journey. I spent almost seven years at BMO and then I thought, okay, you know what? It's time for a new challenge. Um, so I joined Canadian Western Bank. Um, I joke that sometimes maybe I got the job because I actually knew where Edmonton was, which is where their head office was because I grew up in Calgary. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it might have been a little bit more than that that qualified me for the job. Uh, and I took that role uh, and it was an amazing opportunity to step into the general counsel role to take on corporate secretarial work. Uh, and then later I uh, took on leadership of the regulatory compliance team and uh, our investigations team, our corporate investigations team. So um, three great years. Uh, year one, I was doing a ton of travel between uh, Toronto, which I, I remained an Ontario taxpayer, which my Alberta colleagues could not understand, and, uh, on, and Alberta. And then I swore in 2020 that I was going to reduce how much travel I was doing because it was really hard on on my teenagers and uh, my husband and and my and my parents. Uh, but then I caused a global pandemic, I think. So suddenly I didn't have to travel anymore, uh, which was an, an opportunity to lead differently. Um, and I really did uh, enjoy being home, but and I enjoyed deepening my relationships with my team because we were having these meetings, right, like one on one meetings. They're getting to know them in a really different way than I had when, you know, I was sort of flying in and we were seeing each other in the office for a few hours and and then out. So uh, so then uh, then and this is probably way longer than you ever needed, but uh, then um, an opportunity came up. So one of my uh, clients from way back when, when I was actually at uh, Borden Ladner Gervais, uh, was a woman named Rania Llewellyn. So I had met her. I, we figured it out 20 years earlier and wow. we had worked together on a couple of files and then I, uh, uh, had, you know, admired her through her correct, her career and we kept in touch and, um, 
Uh, and then as she stepped into her new leadership role as the CEO of Laurentian Bank, um, we got, well, we were remaining in touch, but we started to talk a little bit more. And uh, anyways, when she decided that she wanted to uh, make some changes uh, and, and perhaps bring in some new talent into to leading her legal and compliance functions, I put my hand up and, and uh, the rest is history. So I joined Laurentian Bank uh, in February of 2022. So I'm almost coming up to my year anniversary and it has been quite a ride. Um, it's been really, um, really a privilege, uh, a real privilege to join this bank at this time in its history, to get to work with Rania, but just as importantly, to get to work with my colleagues uh, at the executive committee table. Um, it's fun to come in sort of at the start of an organization, which is 176 years old. So like it's it's not a baby, but um, but the sort of a restart of, of where we're at. And so it's been wonderful. Um, legal, regulatory compliance, the corporate secretarial function. So getting to work with the new board and, and doing that great work. Uh, and then just as of December, I took on um, a role leading the inclusion and equity work for the bank. So that's new for me officially, uh, but this is a space um, I've lived experience and then also a lot of work that I did through the External Council Management Program and at BMO and CWB. Anyways, I've been um, talking about these issues for a long time, so now I get to do it uh, and, and drive that strategy for the bank. So yeah, that, that's it. And I have no idea what's ahead, but I'm very excited about uh, where I've been and bring all of that with me as I move forward. Well, thank you, Bindu. And uh, I've, you know, despite how many years we've known each other, I've learned a lot even uh, throughout this uh, last <laughs> few minutes as you were uh, sort of describing your path. I, I didn't know about the BC part, so you learn something new every day. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but also a lot of this background uh, ties into some of the questions I have for you. So one of them is uh, what interested you in law? Like what made you sort of follow a career in law versus anything else? Mm -hmm. um, well, for many of us who are the children of immigrants, our parents uh, sacrificed a lot to come to this country uh, to make for a better better life. Um, my, my father was actually, he actually moved to Canada in the early 60s and did his um, did a master's degree. Well, he came to do a PhD, but they didn't recognize his master's degree. So he had to do his master's degree at McGill. Uh, so there's a nice connection back to, to Laurentian. Um, but, and so he was a professional. So this, this is not the story of, you know, a, sort of a, a laborer's child move up, but, but, you know, it was very important for my parents that we, both my brother and I continue on the path of like, what you're here, you have the opportunity for a great education, et cetera. So I had always really liked helping people. Um, and I, and my, and I sort of had been raised with an expectation that I would pursue a professional career. I had the grades for it and, and why not? Uh, and that was something my mom always wanted for me as a, a stay-at-home um, homemaker. So I thought law, you know, I watched uh, LA Law growing up. I'm going to age myself by that. And I thought that looked like a pretty interesting career and it was an opportunity to help people. And so that's where I went, it went I decided to follow. Um, you know, I think my parents were a little worried. My dad always sort of said, if you do something in the maths or sciences, there's only one answer and, and you can't get the answer wrong. But if you go to law, it's the subject of lots of debate. And then 
as I debated with him, I think he finally came to realize that perhaps I, I was well suited for, for the path that I was going down. Um, but I really didn't know what law was about because I didn't know any lawyers. I'd never met any lawyers. They weren't in my you know, family circle and I hadn't known any professionally. So I went in very blind. I, I started in law school and it was an intellectual pursuit, uh, but I had no idea about the profession and and all the ins and outs and the connections that you need. And, and so it has been uh, an education over these last uh, 20 something years, but one I'm very, very glad to, to have taken and, and the profession has changed a lot uh, since I joined it and, and where it's at right now. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, and uh, Bindu, it's interesting because so many of us uh, got ideas about law uh, from shows. And whenever you see law in shows, it's all about litigation saying, no, your honor. And and it's funny yes. how, how different our, our real day to day is like. It reminds me of those memes that is like what I thought my life was going to be like, what it's actually like. And and it's really, really absolutely, that, absolutely. you know, even if you become a litigator, it's very little of it is like like what we see in the shows, which is, you know, those moments right in front of the judge, which is a tiny fraction of a litigator's life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. When you try to explain it to somebody else what you do all day. And, you know, when I was in private practice, I was like, well, I revise documents. I read documents or revise documents. I take some calls. But now in my job, it's uh, a little bit less lawyering. And, you know, as I had children at home during the pandemic, they often remarked, they were like, all you do is talk on the phone all day long. And I'm like, but the people on the other end often listen to what I have to say, as opposed to you guys, where it, uh, that listening, hearing is optional. So, uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it's nothing like I imagined it. And it's more than I could have imagined. So I guess that that's a, that's a good thing. I'm, I, I love what I do. So Bindu, uh, very, you've had a very interesting career and uh, one that a lot of our readers and rather watchers and listeners will uh, will curiously listen to. Uh, who would be three people that influenced your life, your career? And I'm limiting it to three only because I know there have been many and uh, you could go up to three or less. Absolutely. Well, I, I think I have to start at the beginning. So I would say, you know, probably my parents, if I could group them together, my dad for the adventure to leave India in the early 60s to come to this place that he'd never been. Um, and he had come from very humble beginnings and for him to kind of pursue uh, education as he did and and then make uh, a whole life for us was, was inspiring. And my mother similarly. So she was very young, left India to move to Northern Quebec, because my dad at the time was uh, living sort of on the border of Labrador and uh, Quebec. And uh, for her to take, have that sense of adventure, I think that's been a huge influence uh, for me that, you know, take take calculated risks, but take risks, follow adventure. Um, and so that's been very inspiring. I would say a second person was probably pretty early in my um, legal career. And it, and I was thinking about him actually recently. It, it, it's a lawyer named Simon Scott, and he was a, a probably nearing retirement uh, or certainly later in his career when I worked with him at, at Borden and Ellie at BLG. But he taught me a lot about lawyering, uh, about, you know, sort of the balance or perhaps the imbalance of law and life uh, that happens. And I learned a lot from him. He was always a gentleman, at least to me. And uh, he took a lot of time to sort of teach me what he knew and, and, uh, and and somebody who was very different from him, right? So he he and he introduced me to clients, and he sort of showed me his work, and I I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and then probably the the more recent one would be Simon, who I've referred to before, Simon Fish, uh, the the 
the general counsel for, for BMO um, and just everything that I learned from him about how to practice law, how to be a general counsel, how to professionalize this function, how to think big picture, how to say yes to things, right? So there was no opportunity. There was no kind of work that that might be emerging or nascent in the bank that Simon wouldn't put his hand up to, to take on. And that's been um, really, I think, a trademark or a hallmark of my career, uh, both at BMO, but then since is to say, okay, like we'll figure this out. Um, we're smart people, we know how to think and, uh, and we know how to work hard and how to work smart. So we will do that. And so Simon has been, you know, he was, he was a, a an inspiring leader when I worked with him and he's been a tremendous mentor uh, since I've moved on. And so, yeah, I think those are three I could pick out. I mean, should probably mention, you know, people like my husband and all sorts of other, other, other folks. And my husband has been very influential and very inspiring to me through, through our, our time together. But uh, those, those are the three I would put out there. So I actually stuck in four, Gary, you're welcome. Oh, and I knew I had I to limit you, otherwise this list would have been uh, far lengthier. <laughs> That's why I said three or less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with following and, uh, directions. And, and it's actually just an attribute to to uh, a career, a stellar career that, uh, and natural there will be a lot of people in it, but you've certainly taken Simon Says to a whole new level. Uh, <laughs> with two influential assignments in your life. That's true. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, Bindu, I have a, a question that I know a lot of uh, our audience would be really interested in. You are, uh, there's, I'm sure there have been a lot of important lessons in your life, but what would be one that you would share with our audience to say, here's one important lesson that uh, I, I really learned that, that one should learn throughout their life and it would be important to you in your careers, in your work, in your personal life, whatever it may be. But what would be one to pick? And I'm really limiting you to one now. <laughs> okay, I will follow. I will follow your instruction. Um, I think the lesson is to be curious. Um, wherever you are, um, whatever you're doing, whatever point in your life is, I think it's a, it's a timeless lesson. Um, it stead me well as I was thinking about where I might, what I might study, where, what a career might look like, what, what kind of law I might do, what kind of, uh, environment I might do that work in. And, uh, and it continues to drive me. It's driven work that I've done in the community. It's driven, um, you know, just how how I work through my day-to-day -day life with my family and otherwise. So I think curiosity is at the heart of it. And I think if you come at things with from a perspective of curiosity, um, that usually means that there isn't always, it doesn't accompany with a lot of judgment and you'd be surprised at how people will um, come along with you and, and let you in to sort of see and, and how much you will learn and how much learning from lots of different perspectives will uh, enhance what you can offer to your family, to your communities, to your organizations, to your employers. So curiosity. And I will give you an opportunity to, to be, uh, to add a bit more with some tips later on, but I wanted to make sure we, that, that we, we, uh, structure in such a way that our audience gets their trickling effect of lessons throughout the entire session. <laughs> So we talked a bit about this important uh, important lesson and takeaway. Now, what were some of the challenges you've encountered throughout your career, and how did you manage them? How did you work around them? Yeah. Now I've given 
challenge this versus challenge because I know it's been more than one. That's for sure. It has. There have there have been challenges. So I will say my challenges have been probably um, they're different than others, obviously, and and maybe they haven't been quite so arduous, but they have been challenges. Um, I'd say professionally, you know, one of the challenges has been just not really knowing how the profession of law worked and not knowing lawyers and not having a network. That was a hurdle to overcome, which felt both compounded by the fact that when I, as I was trying to move into the Toronto legal market, I wasn't from here, but not only was I not from here, but as a woman of color, that also made me really sort of feel like an outsider. Um, and so that, that was a challenge that I partly had to get over myself, but I also feel like the profession has come to being a lot more welcoming towards diversity in a, in a, in a true sense that might have made my start in law had it been 10 years later a little bit different than it was when I started uh, as an articling student in 1999. Um, so I think, you know, getting to understand the industry, like the, 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 the legal industry and, and that those were challenges. I think another huge challenge for me was I, I wanted it all. I wanted to have a family. I, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have a, you know, a relationship. I wanted to have children and I wanted to have a big career. And it, it felt like there weren't a lot of role models at the time who did those, those, all three things at the same time. Um, and so I felt like, you know, there were times where I really had to kind of forge a path. And sometimes the advice that I got along the way was, you know, abandon ship, get, take the off ramp, you know, stop this. You can, you know, park that and do something else. But I, I didn't want to. Um, and I think, you know, as I became a mother, I, it was pretty clear that I, I, as much as I love my children, I, I wouldn't be fulfilled and doing what I needed to do for me. And, eventually really for my children if I was home with them all the time, but that's me. Uh, but then trying to sort of find a, a course and a path for me to have all of those things has been uh, a bit of a journey over the years. Um, I had uh, three kids and sort of four years. So there was a period of time where that was a very intense moment in my life, but I was also still sort of that senior associate approaching partnership, um, but didn't want to take my foot off the gas there, but, and managed to make partner. So at my partnership ceremony, I brought my third child who was about um, six weeks old at that point to the ceremony. And that was uh, pretty exciting. Um, and then I think, you know, the next challenge was sort of like, like repositioning myself from being a lawyer and only and only doing law to really moving into leadership, um, leadership positions. Now I've chosen leadership of a legal function and I've broadened it out over time with sort of different components, but been very related. I'd say this this latest um, change to to bring on the EDI stuff. I mean, it's a personal passion for me, and obviously, it's I, I've spoken a lot about it vis-a-vis uh, -vis the legal profession, but for to do this work for across a diverse organization is really exciting and really a challenge. And I think for me, that's the challenge as I go forward is, you know, in this role, how do I keep growing in it? How do I keep being curious, learning new things, taking on uh, new accountabilities? Um, because I'm kind of restless that way. I've never really been very good at doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, as much as, you know, 
I did do that at different points, but I'm always kind of curious about what's out there and what are other people doing and how are they doing it and how do they get to do it and why are they doing it and why can't I do it? Um, and so, uh, yeah, that I think those are probably some of the bigger challenges. So, and I guess the last one is to make sure I take care of myself along the way because all of that excitement, curiosity and passion for uh, learning and doing, and I, I do tend to have a high level of energy, uh, means I can burn myself out and the people around me. So um, really trying to find some balance isn't quite the right word, but finding ways to kind of re-energize in order to to kind of come back up to, to the level that I, I want to be at. That those are those are personal challenges for sure. Oh, and I can certainly see it, Bindu, and I can also see it, it, it all sort of comes together knowing you along with this background, because <laughs> part of what I see you spending a lot of time on is that mentorship piece and speaking at a lot of events around this, this very issues, uh, whether it's around diversity and inclusion, whether it is around how women can support other women lawyers as role models, some of the challenges that you truly had to go through and sort of discover um, in the early stages and now making sure that other lawyers uh, don't have the same challenges or at least have somebody to model their career through. And uh, that's, uh, that's very inspiring. But it does bring me to a, a, another question for you. Right. Um, you are involved in a lot of boards and a lot of associations, organizations. How do you balance it all? Like, what are some of the tips around balance? And now I'm giving a more open uh, yeah. I'm not asking for a tip, I'm asking for tips because I know it wasn't uh, one, a single effort. I think it's a question of prioritization. And I'm going to say quite candidly that like that prioritization has to be done by you. You have to decide where you want to put some of your time and, and more important energy. Because I also don't think that you should get involved with other things just simply to be involved. Like to put it on a resume or to write it down, to add to your LinkedIn profile. I, I, I truly believe you have to put energy into it. Um, and so, you know, I'll be candid and say that varies over time. So when I had all those little people, uh, my babies and uh, things were intense, I didn't spend as much time doing things beyond parenting and working. Um, but as you know, they grew as my uh, energy shifted as as my responsibilities changed at home or at work, it gave me time to kind of create some space. But for me, it's always been uh, I, I do love working and I do love the work that I do. And I love being productive in that way. I've always uh, and it's always been important to me to have a rich, you know, family life, friendships, um, you know, connections that way. And it's always been really important to me uh, to give, to contribute to my community. And that's a lesson I learned very early on from my parents. Uh, they were involved in different ways in community things. But even since I was a student, I volunteered. Like I volunteered in school, but I then did, you know, sort of community volunteering. And so over the last number of years, a lot of my um, community engagement's been through board work and, and often a lot of like lawyer boards, um, which often fed you know, sort of priority number two, which was connection and meeting people and getting to know people. Uh, and then, you know, in happenstance or possibly it might have been a thought, it, it helps career, right? And it helps your um, your development. So I, I think you have to sort of choose where you spend your time and it shifts over time, right? So um, I'm having a big conversation with myself now about sort of the, like the, the, extracurricular activities, the, the community engagement that I've been doing uh, recently. And, you know, where do I want to spend my time and energy? Because all of these things consume energy. So you have to 
get some from it and you have to, you have to, and it's not a selfish thing. I think it's actually just very, um, candid and pragmatic. You have to get something from it. And whether it's camaraderie or learning or, uh, whatever it is that you get, um, cookies, like, I don't know, like whatever reason drives you to, to do this work, you have to get something from it. Otherwise you won't be able to, to give as much as you want. And so, yeah. So for me, I'm, uh, I wouldn't, you know, it's not a turning point, but it's just, I'm my role as the chair of a community foundation in my community, which has been eye-opening and wonderful is coming to an end uh, late this year. And so now I'm thinking about, well, where will I put, if, I, if I'm if i going to redirect that time to something else, where is it going to go? And so thinking about that. So, yeah. And, and Bindu, I completely agree. You have to be a bit selfish about it because you have to enjoy it ultimately. You have to do something. Uh, if you don't enjoy it, you won't add value the same way. But also uh, to the point about burnout earlier, if you di weren't selective, then you'd burn yourself out and then everything else struggles and, and the rest of the, the areas you contribute to wouldn't get the best of you, which Absolutely. that selfishness is, is for everyone's good in, in, in return. So it's, Absolutely. it all works out all around. <laughs> um, any now, I remember how I said, I would get back to some tips and give you a lot more latitude. Sure. So uh, and now uh, this takes a serious level of, of organization and, and balancing, are there any productivity hacks or tips that 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 you could share? Mm. Um, I think I would say surround yourself with good people. Like I and and that sounds a bit weird, and but or maybe I need to explain that. So there's a version of this as a productivity tip where it's about you know if you are you know, lucky enough to have a team to make sure that you've got people on your team who can help you do the things that you need to do. And and that absolutely. And I'm very, very lucky to have a great team, uh, you know, both sort of from uh, an administrative like support perspective, but also great colleagues who help, you know, take care of the substantive work that we need to do. And, and they're fierce leaders who inspire me. Um, but it's also about you know, in all the dimensions of my life. So my home life doesn't go without the great sort of constant partnership and support that I have with my husband. Uh, I increasingly try to get my children to participate in that uh, productivity and that help piece, but uh, that's a work in progress. Um, but, you know, I've, I've got a mother, um, my, my initially my parents both helped look after our kids when they were young and then my father's passed. So it's my mom who does, um, but also friends. And it's, I guess it's about, you know, sort of having good people in your life that, and being curious about how they do it and what they do and being um, vulnerable enough to accept help, um, being courageous enough to say, no, not now, or I can't do this. Um, I think those are sort of the pieces. Uh, you know, one of the things I like just at a very work level, like really trying to listen to myself and think about like, when do I best work? You know, when is the best time for me to, you know, talk with my team, to have one-on-ones, to, to dig into issues? When When is it best for me to have some quiet time? Um, so thinking time so I can do that drafting or that writing. Um, and and I, I think the other piece that I would say that I've really learned over the last number of years is that sometimes you just need to sleep on it. Like I think when I was really early in my career, um, one of 
one of the things I really prided myself on was my like response time that like you sent me an email, I was responding to it right away. Um, but one thing I learned actually from Simon Fish or not Fish, sorry, Scott, the first Simon uh, was that sometimes it was better to just, you know, sleep on it and come back to it the next day or come back to it in a couple of days because maybe you just needed to like let it marinate and, 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 and think about it. And as I've advanced in my career and as the, the matter, the nature of the matter of things that often cross my desk as the, the chief legal officer, the GC, sometimes thinking about it, pausing on it, letting it sort of soak a little bit is, is the way to go. And I, and I think that's sometimes, um, that's one of the things that I've learned, even as we sort of um, sort of deal with our inboxes and the never ending number of emails is that sometimes if you just let it sit for a little while, it resolves itself. Uh, so the great lesson of vacation is if I weigh in while I'm on vacation into something, usually it, I just create a whole bunch of work for myself, but it's amazing what happens and how it can empower your teams and the people that you've asked to support you if you just let it be. And if it's really important, it'll keep surfacing. And if it's really important, somebody will text you about it, but you know, letting that go. And I think the same thing happens even in the day-to-day -day when I'm not on vacation, that there's times where things just need to kind of sit. So so I, I, I hope those are helpful lessons from an old Very person. much so. <laughs> yeah. Now I know you're just fishing for compliments. <laughs> so the, but on that note, being that it's not too far that you were, uh, your, your early stages of the career were not too far away because you are not old. Uh, the, the, uh, any, uh, what advice would you give yourself starting out um, in your career, because a lot of the people that do, that are listening and, and that uh, even that are attending the sessions are, are lawyers and they're uh, new to their careers. Um, so sometimes when you say, here's some advice I'd have given myself, and I know being curious will really resonate, but is there anything else mm -hmm. you'd say to lawyers starting out? I'd say, say yes, just say yes. You know what? Like there's very little that we can ever undo. And I think one of the terrible tendencies of lawyers is to say no to everything that that, you know, somebody asks if they, they want advice and they, the advice starts with no. It starts with the litany of a thousand risks. And 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 that's actually what we've been trained to do as lawyers. Right. Is I, I always use the word catastrophizing, um, but we're really good at imagining everything that can go wrong. And in fact, we're very much rewarded for imagining everything that could go wrong. But but what if it worked? Like, what if it was successful? And so say yes. Somebody asks you if they if you want to get involved in something, say yes, and then figure it out after. Don't, don't disappoint people. Don't let people down, but say yes. When there's a new job, somebody asks you to take on a new job and you might not know everything or you don't even know what the job might be, say yes, you'll figure it out. And, and I think that's, been and be curious and go into it and accept that you might not get it right the whole way along or it might not be perfect. Again, another challenge that I think a lot of lawyers have is that we have such a drive for perfection that we're afraid to to be wrong, to need course correction. And so, um, you know, sort of letting go of some of those things, I think, are, are really 
are really healthy and they're healthy for you, like from like a mental health perspective, they're healthy from a development perspective because you learn a lot from times when you don't get it perfectly right. Um, I always sort of say like in high school, I had, you know, was doing fairly well. I had this, I had an English teacher and I had the same one for three years. And so at some point, you know, my papers were, I was getting no feedback on them. I would just get an A at the top. And and I think, you know, she read them in the first, the first couple. And then after that, she just assumed it was going to be fine. Um, but when I got to grade 12, I had uh, an English teacher, Mr. Lianzi, and he gave me a D on my first paper. And I was freaking out because I, I don't get Ds. Like what is going on here? But I learned so much from that experience. I mean, I was scared to death that he was going to tank my university career, of course. But I learned so much from, because he cared. He gave me the feedback. He told, he he showed me ways to improve. He challenged my thinking. He caused me to think about things a little bit differently and bring in different perspectives. And I always sort of take that lesson away that, you know, while it's great to get a thumbs up from people and, and you know, good job and, and to, you know, feedback is incredibly valuable and it can really, really add to, uh, add to your arsenal of skills. Uh, and I really try to take the time to give feedback to other people. I'm not certain they always, you know, want it. Um, but, uh, but I think we can only get better by, by doing that. So, um, you know, I think sometimes not being perfect in the first instance, um, having an opportunity to keep practicing and evolving and getting better, um, developing habits around that and uh, having the courage to do that is really important. All right. So, Bindu, as you know, the, the, there are a lot of myths in the industry. And I, I joked earlier and I said uh, a lot of the lawyers decided to go into the career by just watching, uh, and most recently, some of the new lawyers watching Suits, perhaps. <laughs> but what is the most common myth in your job or industry, would you say? Um, I think from the perspective... Uh, other than... Other than knowing that it's not like uh, like in suits and all like you yeah. honor this and you honor that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know what? I think the most common myth of both for law and for banking is that it's really complicated. And that might sound weird, but I think at the end of it, right? And the thing that's attracted me to both law and banking is that we're there to help people through tough things, like the most complicated things that they might go through. So if I think about it, you know, I was always a transactional lawyer, but you can think about it through litigation or a dispute. It's when that stuff gets hard. That's when the lawyers kind of get called in, right? To to document the the nuances of a transaction, to help through a dispute, to to help negotiate a, a settlement. Um, and the same thing is true with banking, right? It's, it's often good things. It can be good things, but they're complicated things, right? How do you get a mortgage for your home? How do you invest your money so that, so that you have a retirement plan? So, you know, I think there's a sense of like, oh, it's really, really complicated, but I think it always comes right down to the very simple, like to be in these professions, you've got to really want to help people, right? And I think if you come at it from that perspective, it's not that difficult. Like, what are we trying to get to? We're trying to help our customers get to their objectives. We're trying to help our clients as lawyers get to to reach their objectives and their goals, right? To settle this dispute, to close this deal, to uh, to, to to get to actually doing business and not being stuck at contracting or whatever it is. So I think that's a common myth that it's really, really complicated. We have to know a lot of different things, but it's pretty simple when it comes down to it. And Bindu, along these lines, um, what is, uh, if you were to say one most crucial trait, and perhaps if you wanted to have 
more than one. Uh, I will, You'll allow I will it. give the bandwidth <laughs> for, for, for someone in your role. Um, the, the, just really thinking, because there may be lawyers out there uh, mm -hmm. in private practice or in-house that are thinking of similar careers. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I'm most proud of and has probably really guided a, a lot of my success or been the base for my success is my ability to kind of deal with ambiguity, right? So the answer isn't clear, the path, there isn't a clear path in front of us. There isn't only one way to go. There's lots of different dimensions to this, right? So in the role that I'm in, there's legal risk and rep risk and people risk because people feel bad about the thing that's happened and they've got a lot of emotions about it and how do we navigate our way through. There's risks to take, um, you know, which risks are we willing to take? Which ones are we not? Um, there's kind of the ethical or the conduct perspective, right? Like what's the right thing to do, even if uh, there was a, a path forward that, that maybe, uh, uh, more palatable in some ways, is it what we ought to be doing? Is it is it true to who we say we are, our values? And so I think that's probably the piece that keeps my job really interesting, really exciting, really hard, but being able to kind of stay clear-eyed in ambiguous situations and not panic, uh, I think is is something that I've, uh, I've been pretty good at. I'm not saying I never panic. <laughs> But um, but I think that sort of comfort with ambiguity is is a trait that has really stabbed me well uh, to date. And and I think it is really you want that calm person. You want somebody to be calm when it all when the chaos is ensuing. Right. And and I think, you know, when I can do that for my my team or for my colleagues uh, or sometimes even my family, then then that's um, that that gives confidence. And and it's how how we get through the hard stuff. Right. So we can get to the good stuff. And uh, I, I must say, Bindu, uh, I know that we we were both part of a, a session with through Women General Counsel University around uh, lawyer as an in-house counsel as an entrepreneur, and I think the same thing applies to private practice. Yeah. Ambiguity is just critical part of it, and we can never eliminate it, and we just have to know how to manage it in order to do the uh, to do that work effectively, whether in-house or in private practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Bindu, I'll pivot to something else, um, okay. and it's what we call our rapid-fire um, questions. And here, what we're doing is I will throw a question at you, and I'll pause, accounting for any uh, delays that may uh, may happen from our respective internets, and then just throw the first thing that comes to your mind, and I'll move on to the next question. Okay. There will be six in total. So Good. that gives you a sense of how we're going to play this game. And... Uh, Having done this for a couple of podcasts, it's a, it's a fun exercise. Cool. Let's do it. I'll be pithy. So what is your favorite word? Favorite word? If, if it's yes. word. Okay. Catastrophize. Yeah, that's it. And I think lawyers do it really well. Uh, what word do you hate? Decisioning. One makes a decision, one decides, one does not. There's no thing as decisioning. It, that's probably corporate speak. I, I love it. Um, what do you have a hard time pronouncing? What word, rather, do you have a hard time pronouncing? Oh. I'm sure other people could answer this one better. 
I'm going to say I sometimes... I, you don't need to have one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, other people could tell you what I mispronounce frequently. Uh, it's not coming to mind. And Bindu, if, if, if you have one, what is, uh, what is your favorite word in another language? Oh, um, principese. I just always think that's such a fun word to say. Not that I've ever been called one, but you know. How many languages do you speak? Sadly, only one fluently. I know a little bit of uh, the language my parents speak called Telugu, and uh, I'm working hard on my French. And no, no need to, to be sad about it. This isn't an uncommon answer on the podcast. It's, uh, uh, and part of it is, is in getting to know you. Yes. And the last question, if you were to describe yourself with one word, one word, what would mm. it be? Optimistic. And, and uh, Bindu, in, in uh, the years I've known you, I think that's a very accurate description. <laughs> Bindu, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I know that there's uh, the audience uh, will be really uh, looking forward to this coming out. And uh, the it, it'll come out in short order and it'll be a lot of lessons packed into uh, a, a short period of time. But the... I think it's for a lot of the listeners, it'll be lessons that they've been seeking in, in many ways and really getting them in a concentrated fashion. What better way than to listen to Vinda Kujo? <laughs> thank you, Gary. This is a lot of fun and a real honor to be invited to join you today. So thank you for your great questions and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. And, uh, and I hope this is valuable for folks.